Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. there last week, didn't quite make it, but we'll start there today. We've been studying the authority of the believer, kind of a, what I would call a amplification of a little series we did back last year called Restored Dominion and Authority. We're getting a little more in depth in it now. You know, religion, and, and I, I, you know, we don't want to be critical of anybody, but you do have to make judgments, amen? I know if you just kind of accept everything for uh, what it is at face value, then you, you know, you'll end up a fool. And, uh, you know, God has given us a standard to judge things by, and that's His Word. And, man, when you judge things by the Word, you can make the right decision. And, you know, religion, sad to say, uh, there are some denominations and churches that are still trying to hold out, I guess. Uh, there's still a, a couple of denominations that I know of. One is basically uh, 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 strong on the new birth. And uh, another one, at one time in their history, was very strong on the new birth, but it seems like they're beginning to waver on it, leaning more toward a behavioral-type salvation where, you know, if you're good enough, you'll make it to heaven. God won't send, any, God won't send a, a, a good person to hell. Amen. But you know, good people go to hell every day because it's not being good, it's being saved, it's being born again. And so there's this, there's this overlying, uh, 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 how can I say it? It's a doctrine. Uh, among most of Christianity today, you can kind of su surmise it in, in what's called the, the fatherhood of God, brotherhood of man type of doctrine. In which, you know, God is the father of all and, and we're all brothers. All of us are brothers and sisters together. And uh, which there is some relevance to that. You know, every lie begins with an element of truth. Amen. And, 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 but the real truth is... Uh, uh, there, are, there are two families on the earth today. There's the human family, which you were a part of. And there's God's family, which you're now a part of. Now, I really don't care what your history of serving God is. You say, well, Pastor, you know, I've, I got saved and filled the Holy Ghost, but I've, I've been up and down, in and out, and, and had this and that. It doesn't matter. I don't care. If you're born again, you're in the family of God. Whether you choose to maximize the potential of it or not. And the, and the universal acceptance. Now listen to this. This is very important. The universal of God accepting every type of person and every type of behavior. Amen. You know, kind of like the, 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 well, we're all climbing the mountain trying to get to God. You know, we're just climbing on the Christian side. And, and there's others uh, climbing on the Buddhist side. And there's others climbing on the Hindu side. And there's, you know, others climbing on these others. No, 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 no. That, listen, that's not true. There's but one God. And there's but one mediator between man and God. And that's Jesus Christ the righteous. And there's no mountain to get to God. There's just a person to go through. And his name is Jesus. Amen. So, you know, this total, what I call blanket acceptance of everybody's life and everybody's lifestyle uh, is not true. God does not accept everybody's life and everybody's lifestyle. God only accepts those that bow their knee to Jesus Christ, that make him Lord and Savior. And then it's amazing, no matter what your lifestyle was, it begins to change. Because you're a new man on the inside. You're a new creature. Amen. So that type of thinking, which is very, very, listen, men go and educate themselves for four years, eight years, 12 years. They get uh, uh, doctorates of divinity and they still have this ingrained, but it's in their mind. 
It's in their mind. We explained to, uh, Breland was talking to us about some things that are taught. She goes to a Christian school uh, of another denomination. Of course, we're not a denomination, but they, uh, some things taught her in Bible. And we, we had to explain to her, you know, sweetheart, these things are coming from men's head, not their heart. Amen. Anytime man moves upstairs, amen, uh, from where the real things of God and the spirit, anytime you move up into the intellect, you're going to get into trouble. You'll begin to look at the Bible and you'll begin to make intellectual interpretation of it. And intellectual interpretation does not cause faith to come. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the rhema, the word that is revealed unto you by the spirit. It's the word that's alive, the word that's real on the inside of you. That's why God takes people like me. And, you know, you sit me down with most uh, denominational ministers and they have a hard time with me. They're like, man, I don't know if I can buy all that stuff or not. And the other question is, the other question, when I've had conversations with men in that, in that uh, uh, line of life in which their, 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 quote, profession is that, is where do you get all that? Where do you get all that? I read the same Bible you do and I don't get all that out of there. Well, I got a teacher Amen. called the Holy Ghost. Down on the inside of me, amen? Same teacher you got on the inside of you. So if we're going to stay loyal to the precepts and principles of God and that which is in the Word, we're going to have to follow the teacher of the church, which is the Holy Ghost. And we have to follow it in line with the Word of God and understand that, listen, there is a human family, but Jesus came to redeem that human family. And because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we now bear that name, that is above every name. That's the name of Jesus. We sang about it this morning. We ministered to people in that name. And I want you to know as we teach and preach and proclaim that name, faith grows on the inside of us. We do not see the demonstrations we should be seeing. Listen, Jesus is not a catchphrase in Christianity. It's not an abracadabra. It's not an incantation. Jesus is the name that is above all names. Amen. So as we study the name of Jesus, we started last week. In the next two or three weeks, we're going to continue to study. What's going to happen is faith is going to build in that name. Because upon the reality of who Jesus is in us, he builds the church. And the Bible says the gates, the counsels, the strength, and apparent ability of hell itself cannot prevail against the church. And you are the church. Amen. Amen. So Mark chapter 16, I know, I know most of the time everybody starts there in verse 15, but let's go to 14, verse 14. Because this, this is where the scene begins. Always remember this about the Bible. Words paint a picture. Amen. I could say the word dog and everybody would have a different picture. You'd have the picture of your dog or your dog next door or the dog that changed you down the street last week. You'd have a picture of it. But if I said weenie dog... Now, you've, now, now the picture begins to define itself, amen? If I could say, little weenie dog running around your living room, now, now you, can, you can see words will paint a picture. So if you allow the Word of God to paint the picture of what it desires to paint in your spirit, then what's amazing about that, I've always said it like this, faith will paint the picture of reality on the inside, your faith will also bring it to the outside. The Word can paint the picture of your healing, your faith can bring it out. The Word can paint the picture of your prosperity. The Word can bring it out. The Word can paint the picture of your calling, your destiny, your peace, your joy. And the, your faith will bring it out. Yeah. Brings the picture into reality. Now, now notice the picture. Enter into the, to the, to the picture that's happened. Afterward, he or Jesus appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. Now notice this. And upbraided them with their unbelief 
and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Now, he comes in to the scene of 11 disciples. They're hiding in fear. Now, there had been people that come and told him, hey, man, Jesus is risen. I've seen him. And you know what they're doing? Nuh-uh. Unbelief. So Jesus walks through the wall and stands there in front of him. And he's not really being a nice guy. The Bible says he what? He upbraided them. Amen. It says here in the Amplified, he reproved and reproached them for their unbelief and their lack of faith and their hardness of heart. Can I, can I just, just get real honest with you? He's chewing them out. He's chewing them out. Amen. Then here's how he chews them out. Here's the words he uses to chew them out. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, see, I always thought it, this scene was this righteous, holy, beautiful scene where angels are kind of fluttering in the background and Jesus walks in in this beautiful voice and says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That ain't what happened, honey. He comes walking in there with his hands on his hips and he gets his finger out there and he's upbraiding them and he's saying, now listen, your only cure for unbelief and hardness of heart is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. He said, I didn't think Jesus was like that. Then forget religious Jesus and find the Jesus of the Bible. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, everybody say signs. Signs point to Jesus. They don't vindicate the preacher, the pastor, the church, the ministry. The signs of God are to vindicate the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every healing. Had a beautiful healing. How many, a couple of y'all were in the first service. Lady came, neck was all stiff. All, and the spirit of God just hit her. And she just... And then all of a sudden, she looked up and went, oh, wow. <laughs> Wasn't that cool? You that were here, you saw, that was so cool. Oh, wow. She was totally healed. That sign did not point to me. To the, it points to Jesus. Amen. These signs, what signs? The ones that point to Jesus. These signs shall follow them that believe. Now, notice that phrase, them that believe. There is your qualification. People say, oh, it's just the apostles. It's just the prophets. It's just the evangelists. It's just the pastors and teachers. It's just the special handmaidens. It's just the special anointed chosen. No, no, no. It's them that believe. If you will be a believer, signs will follow you. These signs shall follow them that believe. Now notice this. In my name they shall cast out devils. What do you do with a devil? Cast him out. Listen, there are demons and demonic powers, principles. And listen, I tell you, I said some things in the early service. I think it made some people mad. But you know, in the last week, I, I, we were flipping around on the TV and watched a little bit of a, a you know, the big celebration, 50th anniversary. Oh, let's just worship. The 50th and of the Beatles coming to America. Oh, let's just worship. See, that seems so innocent. But did you know the life and lifestyle of four men ravaged our nation? Changed an entire society because it opened a door for the demonic to flood right in? 
I told the story, Brother Lester Summerall, uh, his two boys when they were young, Stephen and Peter, they got, they got, a, uh, they saved their money. I think they paid 50 cents for a little 45, album, 45 record. It was one of the Beatles' first tunes. And so they were upstairs playing that record and a demon manifested itself. So they come running down the stairs. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Well, when your daddy's Lester Summerall. I don't know many people know who he was, but I'm telling you, he was a demon chaser from the get-go. He actually, actually, there was a book. He wrote a book called Bitten by Devils. He cast the devil out of a woman in, in, in the Philippine Islands uh, in the mid-50s that caused revival to sweep across that entire nation. Well, he ran upstairs, and the first thing he wanted to know is, boys, what's in the room? What's in the room? What's in the room? And they come crying. They brought him that little record crying. He took that thing and stomped it under his feet, command that devil to go. He said the last thing he saw, it was running down his driveway. Say, oh, now come on, Pat. Come on. Come on now, preacher. Come on now. You want to live with them or cast them out? You want them living in your house, bringing destruction, tormenting your mind, robbing you of your sleep, your finances, tormenting you with your old lifestyle, appetite for drugs and alcohol. And and you're thinking, why am I so mad? It could be devils. It could be demons. Cast them out. I said, cast them out. Demons try to get into your finances, try to get into your physical body, try to get into your mind. They try to get into the church. Our former pastor's brother and sister, J.R. Goodwin, took a church young in their ministry. And they, he, Brother Goodwin described it like this. He said, I get up to preach. My, my, my words would fall right on the floor in front of the pulpit. And, and he said, man, he said, I knew something was wrong in that church. He said, so I started praying. And he said, I actually set myself to fast and pray. And in those old uh, Assembly of God churches they used to build back in the 30s and 40s, uh, they were just kind of like a shotgun building, amen. Uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, paraministry going on. Everybody would just come to one service. Well, in praying one evening, he looked up in the rafters of that thing and saw a being up there. Being, B-E-I-N-G, a demonic being. He said it looked like some kind of a monkey looking thing. Human type features to it. He said he called that thing down. He said in the name of Jesus. He said that thing said I don't want to leave. But I have to because of that name. Fell down. Hit the ground. He said you get out of this church. He said he chases it. It ran out. He said it ran down the street into a bar. He said the next night that bar burnt to the ground. Devils. Listen, there are devils that torment your mind. There are devils that mess with your finances, with your physical body. Listen, the Bible says do what? Take authority. Take the name of Jesus. Listen, run the devil out of your house. Run the de- Listen, run him out of your finances. Listen, if you're struggling with addictions, with, with habits, and you just, ah, oh, man, I now run the devil. You do it. You say, well, pastor, I want you to do it. Well, what are you going to do when I'm not there? You take authority. You say in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to live like this. I'm not going to be torn. You can always tell when there's demonic activity in your mind, the thoughts. You're just like, what is going on? Take authority over it. Tell the devil to shut up. Cast them out. You have the right to do it. If you're a believer, you are commissioned. Remember the illustration we gave of authority of going out and trying to write tickets, but you're not a police officer? But see, a police officer has a commission. An officer in the army has a commission. If you believe on him, you have a commission, which means you have a right, you have the authority, and you have the power of the name of Jesus. Cast out devils. Everybody say, cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. That's talking about being baptized in the Holy Ghost. They shall take up serpents. Now listen, we're not going to drag some rattlesnake out of a box. 
You know how I show those people, uh, bless their hearts up in the mountains somewhere, and they get to shucking and jiving, and, and, then, and then they go over to some box and whip out a snake. Don't bring your snake here. Amen. I, I got a shoot first, identify later policy when it comes to snakes. And if I ain't got a gun, I'll get one real quick and we'll take care of that snake. It's not talking about snakes. It's talking about the serpent. Anybody know who the serpent was that got into the garden, that told the lie? That's not just the enemy of Christianity. He's the enemy of humanity. He hates all human beings. That snake, if he gets in your way, take him, kick him out. You know, you know the apostle Paul, he was, he was stuck in the ocean and he, he washed up on a, a, an island. And he began to gather sticks. And as he began to gather sticks, a serpent attached itself to his hand. And you know, the people of that island knew that it was a very venomous snake and thought that he should have fell over dead. They thought, well, God didn't get him in the sea. He's going to get him now. But you know, he's, the Bible says he shook it off in the fire. You ought to have some fire in your life. You ought to have some fire. Listen, how did the snake get? The snake got on him through his service. He was gathering sticks and the devil tried to bite him. But see, he had a fire going. I said, he had a fire going. You get a, you get a fire going in your life, you'll have something to shake the snakes off into. Amen? So, take up serpents. Now, notice this. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Now, if you do a study of this phrase, this is actually talking about information. That ain't talking about drinking strychnine. I saw one of those, I saw a documentary on the Appalachian religion and all that kind of stuff, the snake handlers and all that stuff. And this pastor's standing there, his wife's just weeping, and they're talking about how God took their precious daughter when she drank a quart jar of strychnine because, the, because God needed a soprano in the choir of heaven. Buddy, you murdered your daughter. You murdered your daughter is what you did. No, we're not going to drink strychnine. I don't even drink the water around here. I buy it. Amen. <laughs> but this is literally talking about a report that would come into your ears that you would, you know, anything that comes into your ears, you don't have to digest it. Amen. But it's literally talking about sitting in front of the doctor and the doctor saying, well, you know, you've got, you've got six weeks to live. You know, I mean, that's all I can, we can't do nothing for you. See, you don't have to drink that. Amen. Uh, the banker telling you, well, you're going to go bankrupt, you're going to go broke. Listen, it will not harm you. If you've had to listen, if you've had to, if it's come through your information gates and it's gotten into your mind, the Bible says, nah, ain't going to hurt you. Ain't going to hurt That's not, That report's not going to hurt you. By his stripes, you're healed. That report's not going to hurt you. God will supply all of your need according to your riches and glory. That report is not going to hurt you. Amen. If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up to heaven, sat down at the right hand of, the, uh, right hand of God, and they went forth. Everybody say, they went forth. And preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. That's what we want. The Lord working with us and confirming the word. And confirming the word. Not confirming Pastor Rusty. Not confirming Preacher Hot Rod. 
No, confirming the word, confirming Jesus, confirming him. Confirm, as it says in John chapter 7, he that believeth on him as the scriptures has said. That is what the signs, the wonders, and miracles do is confirm the reality of Jesus in our midst. So we can actually read it like this. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. In my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall speak with new tongues. In my name they shall take up serpents. In my name if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You say that's not what it says. Yes it is. That's exactly what it says. In the name of Jesus. Now with that in mind let's go to Acts real quick. How's my time? Oh man I'm doing good. You'll still beat the Methodist to the restaurant. Acts chapter 3. Now, an amazing reality, I've always found this fascinating and have never really taken time to really dig into the reality of why it happened this way. I guess God will explain it to us at a later date. But God did not birth the church in doctrine. It's amazing. He birthed the church in experience lifestyle, manifestations, and power, and doctrine had to catch up with it. When they were filled with the Holy Ghost, all they knew is they were speaking in tongues. They didn't know a difference between being filled with the Holy Ghost and having a prayer language and the gift of tongues. They didn't know all the things about the gifts of the Spirit. They knew nothing. All they know is they were not speaking in Hebrew. They were speaking in Swahili or English or, or the tongue of an angel. Amen. That's all they knew. So we see Acts chapter 1, where God told believers, those that had been saved, the Bible says in John chapter 20, that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. He was speaking to those guys. They went to the upper room and were endued with power, Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Remember that? It's in your Bible, Acts chapter 2. Amen? So, we see a instruction, a command to receive power. Then we see a impartation of power, then we get to Acts chapter 3. Now notice Acts chapter 3. It says in verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. A certain man, everybody say a certain man, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Now let's look at three things. Number one, this man had a birth defect. He was born deformed. So he needs a creative miracle. Are you with me? It says he was like that from his mother. So that's a birth defect that happened. I heard a guy on the radio that not made me want to reach in the radio and grab him by the throat. And he was talking about how can God allow birth defects to happen? I mean, he was just blaming God for it. I thought, man, this is a preacher. I thought, man, haven't you ever read the Bible? It's the thief that cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Because of the sin nature of mankind and all that has happened in humanity because of that sin nature. That's why little babies are born deformed. That's why they're born without hearing. That, but listen, we'll believe God for miracles for them. Amen. We'll believe God for signs and wonders. I guarantee you. And we'll stay with it and we'll stick with it. Amen. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This man was born that way. But, but all man could do is carry him. That's all man could do. Listen, many times that's all man. That's all really. They'll carry you to the doctor. They'll carry you to the specialist. They'll carry you down to the pharmacy. Amen. 
But, you know, you got to understand that we're not against doctors. We love doctors. Doctors keep you alive till your miracle manifest. But here's the thing with medicine and our society, with the way medicine is practiced in the world system. Remember, medicine is practiced in the world system. Healing is practiced in God's system. But the way it's, there's nobody really looking for a cure. I know our medical students may get mad, but in reality, when you get down and start practicing medicine for a few years, you'll find out there ain't no money and no cure. Because if you get somebody cured, they're cured, amen. But we can treat you. And all, God, all man can do is carry us and treat us and try to make our suffering relieve it and make us more comfortable. We thank God for that. We're not against that. But there are things in life that only man, they, they can, and then what can religion do? It can look good. The gate called what? The temple looked how? Beautiful. Now, don't get me wrong. We're fixing to build a building. And we're going to build it beautiful. We're going to build it absolutely beautiful. But I want you to know, it's not going to be the building. It's going to be what's in that building. Amen. So, you know, we see the man is born. He has a deformity. He's got a birth defect. He needs, basically needs a creative miracle. Man is carrying him. And religion is doing what it always does, looking good. Amen. Then it says this. It says, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, everybody say immediately. immediately. Say it again. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch which is called Solomon's porch, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why ye look ye, look ye so earnestly on us as that through our own power, our holiness, we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified. Everybody say glorified. Now that's, say it again hath glorified his son Jesus whom you delivered up denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go but you denied the holy one and the just and desired a murder to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life whom God hath raised up from the dead wherefore we are witnesses now notice this is where we need to get to this morning look at what it says and because I am an apostle and because I got out of the boat and walked with Jesus, and because I, printed, uh, because I preached the inaugural message on the day of Pentecost, and because I walked with him and talked with him and ate of the bread and ate of the loaf, because I was around Jesus three and a half years, that's why this man is healed. Aren't you glad? I said, aren't you glad? Now, don't you agree God has in his word that which we desire? It says in 1 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration, is breathed by God. The word ruah is breathed by God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness so the man or woman of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished. So God wants us to know. Let me read the scripture. And his name, everybody say his name. His name. Through faith in his name. 
has made this man strong, whom you now see and know. Now notice this. Here's the answer. Here's the answer for the miracle. And his name, through faith in his name. And his name, through faith in his name. And his, not apostolic authority, not special endowments or gifts. Those that believe on me, as the scriptures have said. He that believeth shall be saved. Come on, church. He's talking about believers. He's saying, listen, I could give you a million reasons why this God got healed, but none of them are relevant. The only thing that's relevant is it is the name of Jesus. Now, notice this. The church is birthed in the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the power that's in the name of Jesus. And it was many years later till doctrine caught up with experience. The Bible says of our generation that we'll taste of the powers of the world to come. That's talking about millennial powers. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also in greater works. Why are we sitting around? There's our problem. His name through faith in his name. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we do not study the name and study the name and study the name and study the name, it's not that the name is powerless. It's we are powerless to use it. Amen. One time I took Leah duck hunting. She's gone with me several times. She's a pretty good shot. But on this particular morning, she took the shotgun shell and stuck it in backwards. Remember that? And she was like, this thing ain't working, Rusty. And so I took it. I said, what did you do? She says, well, I put the wrong end in the, in the stupid thing and it's just not working. Now, all of the ability of the gun to shoot was there. All of the power that was in the shell was there. Amen? But it was put in backwards. So you could take it all day long and swing it at ducks and throw it at ducks. And, and you're not going to get no duck. Amen? No duck dinner. You're going to have to go to Whataburger. But when we got the thing, I had to, if I remember, I had to take that gun apart. I had to take that whole thing apart right there in that blind. Get it all put back together. Get that shell. But once we got that thing in there correctly, the way it was designed to work... And that firing pin hit on that primer and ignited all that powder. Kaboom! We put a big old fat pintail right into the ministry. Because that's the way it operates. I said, that's the way a Benelli 20-gauge shotgun operates. This is the way the name of Jesus operates. It only operates by faith, not by tradition. Not because of association. It operates by faith. We must have faith in the name. The more we teach on it, the more we talk about it, the more we use it, the more we thank Him for it, the more we sing and worship and glorify, the more faith is built on the inside of us by the Word of God that causes us to rise up for you to rise up. You don't have to come here for me to lay hands on. No, no. You speak the name of Jesus into your situation. You lay hands on the sick. You cast out devils. You pray in that name. You begin to have signs and wonders and miracles following you. That's what God's called you to do. That's who God's called you to be. So it's his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man whole. Made this man strong, who you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now go to chapter 4. Let me, let me close. I've got about 10 minutes. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now notice this. As they spake unto the people, and as, as they spake unto the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. Notice verse 2. Being grieved. Now remember the word grieved. It, remain, it, it means an apparent loss. 
Now they had lost something. The religious folks had lost something. You know what they lost? They lost control of the people. Now that was, that's what makes religious people so mad. I'm telling you, it may, there, there were some people going around uh, uh, the neighborhoods here and stuff like that. One of our, one of our uh, members came and told me this. Uh, they're, they're going around here, and they're going to they're start a church, which we do not agree with. Now, we agree in starting churches, especially churches like ours, amen? But this is not a church like ours. This church is sending you to hell. And so they told them, well, we go to a church. And they said, well, what kind of church you go to? And they said, well, we go over here to Island Church. He said, those people just rolled their eyes and just got this disgusted look and just turned around, bow, 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 and just walked off. You say, the church they're starting is a cult is what it is. It's a cult, a religious cult. And so, uh, you know, they were grieved. I said, they were grieved. Because cults and religion and all that, they try. No, we love churches to We love churches full of faith and power that are going to go into regions and preach the gospel and see sight. Oh, yeah, we're all for that. But no, these other cults and these, no, they are, they're always grieved. They're always grieved. You know why? Because they can't control the people. We don't want to control you. We want to set you loose, set you on fire and turn you out of here. Amen. Now notice what it says. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They laid hands on them, put them in the hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit of it, many of them uh, which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was now 5,000. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Looks like the church is growing. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers, the elders and scribes, Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them. Now notice this is very, this is very, this is a very uh, good key to help us understand. By what power or by what name have you done this? Now listen to, the, listen to it again. By what power or by what name? Now we don't have a concept of that. Because we live in a government. We have a government, the United States. We vote on our presidents. So nothing has really ever been done in the name, in the name of John F. Kennedy, in the name of Lyndon Johnson, in the name of Richard Nixon, in the name of Gerald Ford, in the name of Jimmy Carter, in the name of Ronald Reagan, in the name of, uh, uh, of George Bush, the first one, in the name of Bill Clinton, in the name of George Bush, the second one, in the name of uh, uh, Barack Obama. I hope I included everybody's favorite in there. Amen. <laughs> but no, nothing's ever done in the name. It's done by the power of our government, the power of the voter. Politicians are supposed to be the servants of the people. You know, we don't want to debate that, but that's what it's supposed to be. But no, you don't ever go out and do, you, don't, you know, they're not in Afghanistan in the name of Barack Obama. They're, they're on behalf of the United States government, the people thereof. So in that society, that was not true. And that's, in that society, takeovers in Rome were violent. Every one of them took place because of a murder. One of the Caesars would murder another, or Nero would murder Caesar, and all of a sudden everything's done. Well, we're here in the name of Caesar. We're here in the name of Nero. We're doing this on the, uh, in the name of Pontius Pilate. See, it all evolved down to whatever level of government you stood on. You did things in your name. Your name represented your authority. But that's not true in our society. So they knew that about their society. And so they wanted to know, hey, whose name are you doing this in? We don't see no Caesars around here. We don't see no Caiaphases or Alexanders. We don't see Abraham here. We don't see a lot. They want to know, whose name are you doing this in? And by what power? Because there had to be some power connected to the name. Verse 9 says, no, I'll look at verse 8. We don't want to miss verse 8. Then Peter, I love this phrase, filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, filled with the Holy Ghost. Say it again. Say it one more time. 
Oh, there are times you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you, when they're opposing that name and they're standing against that name and they want to know why your neighbor got healed and why that person that works next to you in the cubicle next to and they didn't have to have the operation, amen, when they couldn't find the tumor, it was gone and everybody's confused and they want to know how that happened. You don't have to stand up and you don't have to glorify Rusty Martin. You don't have to glorify Island Church. You don't have to glorify Kenneth Hagin or some faith priest. All you have to do is say, it's that name that is above every name because the Holy Ghost will fill you up to talk about that name. He's not going to fill you up to talk about Island Church. He's not going to fill you up to talk about Pastor Rusty. He's not going to fill you up, but he'll fill you up when you say, I'm going to talk about that name that is above every name. Get ready. You're fixing to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Said unto the rulers and the people and the elders of Israel, if we be examined, now listen to this. I love this. If we be examined of the good deed done, well, I thought God is the one that made him have the birth defect. No, God was the one that healed him. God is a God that does good deeds done. God is a good deed God. Good deed God. Good deed God. He doesn't make sick. He heals sick. He doesn't oppress. He delivers the oppressed. He doesn't afflict. He delivers and blesses. He doesn't give poverty. He gives blessing and prosperity. God is a good deed done God doer. I'm about to preach myself happy. If we be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, and by what means he is made whole, be it made known unto you, be it made known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You can't get saved by Muhammad. You can't get saved by Buddha. There is no other name given whereby we must be saved. That word salvation, the word sotos, means healing, preservation, soundness, safety, deliverance, favor, prosperity, mercy, kindness. Oh, you begin to think about that. You begin to think about you got saved because of that name. You got filled with the Holy Ghost because of that name. You are healed because of that name. You are delivered because of that name. That name is above every name. And then you start building faith. The word begins to come to you next week. We're going to study three ways. Jesus got his name. He got it through conquest. He got it by having conferred upon him. He got it through inheritance. And because he got it through inheritance, we are what? We are heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. You begin to see a trans of that name to you to you you have the right to use the name of Jesus no matter what the devil tries to do no matter what circumstance God has given you the most powerful weapon in his arsenal we thank God for the Holy Ghost we thank God for the power of the word we thank God for the gifts of the spirit and the word of God is the standard the Bible says even his name is submitted to his word but I want you to know there's no name higher Cancer? Nope. Nope. You mean phase four? Nope. Nope. Diabetes? Nope. You say, well, I've struggled so long. Keep using that name. Arthritis? Nope. Nope. Drug addiction? Nope. Nope. Depression? Nope. Nope. Uh-uh. No. Poverty? No. Bankruptcy? No. Divorce? No. You name it. You name it. All you have to do 
is begin to say, uh-uh, no devil. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you get your hands off my children. In the name of Jesus, you get your hands off my finances. In the name of Jesus. Had a, had a, a brother come to me this morning who, who the Lord gave him a word here, oh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and said that all of your children will be serving God. And he gave me the testimony. Just last week, got a phone call from his oldest son. He said, Dad, I want you to know, I gave my heart to Jesus. Well, they've been praying for him in that name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I want you to know of all the names that have ever been said, of all the names that have ever been spoken on the lips of humanity, there's no greater name, there's no sweeter name, there's no more precious name, and there's no more powerful name than the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And when you make a decision, I'm not going to live down here in the doldrums. I'm going to rise up and live according to what God has provided for me in Christ then you can take that name of Jesus and just cut you a path into success, into the success that God has called you to have in His name. Hallelujah. Come on, thank Him for the name. Come on, thank Him for the name this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, worship God. Come on, glorify His name. Come on, exalt Him this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I truly believe. Now, I don't think that this should be the standard. But I truly believe a man could live his whole life as a reprobate. Could live his whole life as a, just an ab... And, and, and as he feels death grip him and begin to drag him out of his shoe, that he can cry out, Jesus! Amen. Amen? And have faith and be saved right there on his deathbed. I mean, I mean I've heard testimonies. There's a surgeon that, that, that used to go around. He was a, a heart surgeon and would tell. He said, he said, what convinced him of God was not churches or a preacher or religion or even the Bible. He said what convinced him of God would be people that he would have in surgery and he, he was an open heart. He said, they'd have their, I'd have their chest complete. And they'd sit, up, they'd sit up on the table and scream, get me out of these flames. He said, that freaked me out. He said, it happened on several occasions. He said, there were other times, he said, people that I knew they were Christians. He said, they would be so calm, so easy to operate on. He said, I'd get my work done and sew them up. They'd heal and they'd mend. He said, others would just be fighting the knife and fighting the anesthesia and fighting everything. He said, because... Even the human body knows. Amen. But thank God you're saved. The name of Jesus brings salvation. The name of Jesus cleanses you from all. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin and unrighteousness. There's no reason to live any other way. Live for God. Serve the Lord with gladness. He'll bless your life. And He's given us these great weapons in which we can live a victorious life here on the earth. Every head bowed, every eye closed, real quick. Nobody looking around but me just for a moment. Are you living right? Are you doing right? Maybe you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never called upon that name. You say, well, Pastor, I, I, I really believe I, I just need to try to do good. You can't. There's no good in humanity. It's not built into your system. But God is good. And God loves you. And God cares about you. He wants you to respond to His love by accepting Jesus Christ. If you're in here today, you say, that's me, Pastor. I'm not living right. I'm not do I need to be right with God. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Anyone at all? 
quickly look around. I see one hand. You can put it down after you've raised it. Anyone else? Anyone else? We love you. We care about you. We want you touched by the hand of God. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Pray with me just a moment. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.